Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Ed. I am Chris Ford, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Zahi Atala. Zahi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and it's a great morning because we're joined by our friend, Dr. Melissa Lanta. Melissa, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. So let me briefly introduce you before we pepper you with questions, Melissa. Uh, so uh, currently, you are a strategic leader at EAB, which is a very large national uh, technology, well, maybe international as well, technology company. And you predominantly work with two-year institutions in the states of Washington and California. What do you do with them mainly? Like, what are the what are the niches that you deal with in particular? Yeah. Absolutely. So I work with them on uh, understanding what their goals and metrics are for student success, persistence, enrollments, and really seeing how we can bring together people, processes, and technology to support those initiatives, assess them, revise, do that again. So, Without putting in the plug for EAB or any other similar tools, it's very important to understand. We can't just navigate in the dark anymore like we did decades ago. We need to have the tools. We need to have the predictive analytics uh, that that are based on our metrics and our goal setting. Is that basically what you try to do with them? Yeah, and I would say, I mean, understanding that holistic support, right? So we can't continue to, to um, interact just in silos of this is this person's job and they do that and they never talk to anybody in this area. So I think it's it's bringing people together and understanding why we're bringing them together uh, as part of, of the role um, and why, why the need for all those three parts that I mentioned. We have to understand the process, have the right people, and, and utilize the technology in the appropriate way to support those. Chris, does it resonate, the question of silos, does it resonate with you? Is it something that we talk about almost every day? Right? Yeah, big time. Higher, higher education is so good at silos. Right, right, Unfortunately. Right. And, and it's magic when it all comes together, when, when those start to, to break down and you start to see how they all work together, it's, it's, it's magical for, for those involved and absolutely for the students. Right, yes. right. And that's their expectation, right? Their expectation is we're working together to support them as opposed to, you know, having our fiefdoms and, and our territories. But before EAB, you worked in what Chris terms the haunt of where I worked as well, which, which is uh, in Southern Wisconsin at Black Hawk Technical College. You were, when I first joined and you were on the search committee, uh, you were uh, the advising leader and then you became the registrar. Uh, so do you care to tell us a little bit about what those told you, having come from four-year background prior to that? Yeah, I, I mean, I it told me that I love the two-year space, <laughs> um, having come from four-year, but you know, there's so many similarities as well, people coming in wanting to be seen, wanting to, um, be understood and, and supported. So I think the advising helped me to understand that component and how we can best support students and how that that's changed. And then the registrar piece, um, definitely like understanding more of like the business processes and what are the things that are in our control that are supporting students to help them move forward. And also what are the things that we have in place that aren't and what can we do, do about 
that component. Um, so uh, I think having both sides of those uh, was very important to help me understand more about students and, and how colleges can support them. Speaking of students, uh, the first topic that we would like to address with you and, and hear your perspective on is uh, for for somebody who's interested in in getting into higher education, especially for the youth that that are exploring the world, what do you tell them with regard to choosing a career? How should they do it? Mm -hmm. I think that's um, an important component because I think there's there's this idea that I have to choose, right? Like I have to pick something and I'm going to stay with it forever and that that feeling or sense can be really scary and I think you know breaking that down and, and talking about how it's not a forever I think talking about how people change careers and um you know getting a, a sense of really starting with you know, what are students interested in so it is a combination of that what am I interested in? What do I like to do in my free time? And, and sharing that information with a, an advisor in, in the future when, when you talk to them. Um, and then their skills. So what am I good at? And maybe they don't know yet. Um, and, and that's really an opportunity as well as they start to take classes and talk to people is to understand and recognize uh, their skills, and then that values piece, what, what do I see myself doing? So it, it's really that that combination of the three. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, the other piece that uh, is students take these, these career assessments, right? So in high school, you take a career assessment, it gives you X, Y, Z of these are the things that the careers I should be good at uh, or go into. And often students look at that and they're like, Nope, <laughs> this is not, I don't like this at all. That does not, that does not um, resonate with me. I can't go to college. And I think what's important about that is not that the, the assessments are wrong, but you know, understanding why. Like why might the, the career assessment have put you or determined that this might be a career for you? And I think that's where not discounting it, um, but really using it as a starting point to, to, to have those conversations uh, in the future about, okay, here's what I like, here's what this career assessment said, um, and knowing that you don't have to choose when, when you come in necessarily. This is really a time to bring that information and work with people who have experience in career counseling or career assessment. Um, so um, one of my messages is like not limiting yourself, right? And, and saying, well, it didn't, it didn't give me what I think I should go into, or I'm not 100% sure of what I want to do. So I'm not going to do anything. Um, I think, you know, making that, that step forward of like, okay, I'm starting to learn and know about myself and I'm going to connect with someone to help process through that, I think is, is valuable. Chris, think, how does it fit with, with your career assessment that turned out to be not quite what and, you ended up with? And that's just what I was gonna talk about. So, 
you know, from a, a young age, I decided broadcasting was what I wanted to do. And I think I was one of the unusual people that knew for a long time, this is the job that I was going to do. And I pursued it and didn't change my mind until 15 years into that career. Uh, but about a year ago, I had an opportunity to take uh, a career assessment that we give to our own prospective students. And I came back 100% counselor, which, uh, you know, marketing for my background, broadcasting for my background, they both showed up in the top five, but not number one. Uh, so it, it was interesting to see, but at the same time, there are skills uh, that come into counseling, the listening, the, the being able to ask questions based off of what you hear that tie into what I do, uh, what I did and what I continue to do. So I think there's a lot of value in those in that it, it opens a lot of doors. Uh, if nothing else, hey, here are different ideas. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's so true. I think also, like like you said, that you knew that you wanted to go into broadcasting. Some of our students may not know what they wanted to go into, but may um, see someone in a job that they think is, is interesting. So I think, you know, having that maybe opportunity to ask um, or talk to those people and see what their path is. Usually it's not straight, right? It's usually... How many people that, that you talk to, you say, you know, what did you go to school for? And it doesn't exactly align with, with what they're, they're doing now. I mean, I went to school for elementary education. That is not what I'm doing now, not, not where I would be. So knowing that, that you don't, it's not a straight line, right? So when I decide or if I decide, that's not like shackling me to, to what, what I have to stay with for the rest of my life. You're gaining knowledge and skills. Well, and I think, yeah. yeah, and I think that's a, a good message, you know, both for for students and also for family that if you don't have that major and that career picked out day one when you go to college, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, oh, go ahead, Sahi, sorry. I, my question, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to throw monkey's wrenches in, in every conversation, but in this particular case, it's very common in, in K through 12 that we... Pigeonhole uh, students like, okay, you're not particularly uh, book talented, therefore you have to go to the shop classes and you're going to be going down the road of a career where in fact you just don't particularly like uh, the style of that teacher in, in history or, or English or whatever. Um, so how, how do we break those silos and how do we reconcile that with, I remember when we would look at what the, uh, students in Rock County would come back with, they, you know, number one was they wanted to be athletes. Mm -hmm. So how do you reconcile mm -hmm. those and what do you, what is the message you give to that young adult? Uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I think that the message that, you know, college is not high school, um, it's really an opportunity to explore. So while you may have had experiences in, in high school in a, a certain sense, like you said, teachers may be getting um, um, pushed towards a, a certain area because um, 
you didn't enjoy something else, I think college is, is a time to reset and, and, and an opportunity to reset and say, you know, let, let's look at it from, from a different, different perspective. Maybe I didn't like it there, but what does it look like, like in college um, as well? And I think, you know, kind of along that, that same line of like students know careers that are um, careers that, that people that they know have, right? And I think that there's so many different options and opportunities to that having conversations, exploring college websites, seeing what kinds of programs and, and jobs are out there kind of expand your world because maybe I'm thinking I can only be a teacher or a police officer and, and that doesn't fit me and really understanding, well, there might be, maybe I'm really interested in electromech kinds of things or, um, you know, do you even know what CNC is? And maybe that that you know being able to expand out of what I see as careers that people in my um, world have, and, and knowing that it can be different um, outside of high school. All right. Well, Melissa. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us on this segment of Trail Talk, and we're going to have you back again to talk about some other topics. So if you like what we're doing on Trail Talk, be sure and subscribe and ring the bell so you get notifications when we post more uh, content right here. So I want to thank you for watching uh, Trail Talk for Dr. Zahi Atala and Melissa Lanta. We'll see you next time on Trail Talk. Uh, I keep saying Trail Talk. That's the old one on Let's Talk Ed. <laughs> so we'll see you next time on Let's Talk Ed right here. <laughs>